one. Hello, everybody. This is Jay Izzo, and I am so glad to be with you here on A New Direction. I'm very excited about today's show. Today's show is we're going to be interviewing Ray Carr, who is a radio personality out of Cleveland, Ohio, and we're going to talk about his journey and what it's been like for him to try to do radio and and uh, his struggles and and also his successes. And I think for anybody who is interested in like doing podcasting or anybody that's interested in doing radio or anything like that, I think you need to know the truth because the truth about this industry is that it's a very difficult industry and it's not also it's not a very nice industry sometimes. And also you need to know that a lot of the people who do these type these type of things in the industry, very few of them get paid a lot of money. A lot of these folks actually don't make a lot of money and they don't pay very well. And yet so many people feel like it's so glamorous to do radio or to do podcasting. And while podcasting has become more and more popular, there's really very few people who really make any money from it. And so when we, I think it's be great today to talk to Ray about that. And um, and then hopefully if um, James Lojiggy Jaguar wants to join the show later in the hour, I'd like to bring him on because I think one of the things, if he's if he's available, it, because one of the things that would be really cool is for you to hear how this industry, and he's talked about it quite candidly, how this industry is just not always the kindest industry to people. And Folks, I don't want you to be disillusioned, but I also know that if this is your passion, if your passion is about doing radio, if your passion is about is about really reaching an audience because you feel like you have a message, which is why I'm doing what I'm doing and have been graciously able to do so, if that's your passion, then I don't want you to neglect that. But at the same time, I want you to have a realistic look at it. And so... Today's show on A New Direction, we're hopefully going to give you a new direction and a new thought process about what it's like to do radio, what, what the challenges are, what, what are the, what's the reality of this. Because, like, here we are um, doing this show uh, by graciously, thanks to James Lowe, otherwise known as Jiggy Jaguar, which you can find on iHeart iTunes, uh, and uh, you can also find him in uh, 24-7 FM radio and uh, just all over the place. Matter of fact, download the Jiggy Jaguar app. That would be a super thing for you to do because if you download the Jiggy, Jiggy Jaguar app, and that's J-I-G-G-Y-J-A-G-U-A-R app, if you will download that, you can get to hear my previous shows that I've done with James as the Internet Doctor and also the numerous guests that he has on, such amazing guests that uh, he gets to interview and talk with, and it's just a really fabulous show. And I would not be here today if it wasn't for James Lowe, Jiggy Jaguar, and I'm eternally grateful for that. And um, and so uh, I, I hopefully will get him in, in about 15 minutes left in the show to get his perspective of it as well. So I am I am excited, and yet I want you to, as you listen to me, I want you to think about, you know, I know you probably have friends who do podcasts, and you have friends who maybe do radio, and they talk about it, and I have had a number of friends who've done this in the radio industry, and I have to be completely honest with you. It's it's really not all that you think it is, and it's hard, because you have to be prepared the, the people who do this type of thing are really, really well prepared. 
to do it. And, or, or they are so seasoned at it that they can just walk into it and just do it really, really well. There's very few people who can just walk into a studio and just get themselves in front of a microphone and talk to people, right? And you have to have a reason to talk to people. One of the, one of the reasons I started this, wanted to start the show called A New Direction is because I really wanted to help people find a new direction, a new thought, a new way of doing something in their life, whether it be in their career, their life, or a business. I wanted to help them find something new in themselves. I wanted them to take a baby step in another direction then because so often we get stuck and and so I wanted to have a show that would help people get unstuck because I was so tired of hearing everybody talk about momentum. Because in everybody would go, oh, momentum, momentum, you got to be in momentum. Well, you know what? You can't be in momentum if you're not moving. And I talk to more people every day. Seriously, regardless if it's their marriage, if it's their relationship, if it's if it's their job or career or if it's their business or it's their life, they, they want to go somewhere else, but they can't because they're just stuck because they feel like they don't know where to go or how to go. And that was the purpose of this show. The purpose of this show was to help people get unstuck and start taking a step towards something. Because then once you take a step and you take your next step and you take your next step, then momentum can happen. And I thought about that today. I was in the gym prior to the show. And I don't know if you've ever seen these sleds that they can pile weights on and then you push them. So I was pushing sleds today. And we put on like 350 pounds on this sled. And I'm pushing across this fake grass in the gym. And I was thinking just how hard. The hardest part of it was getting started. Right? Because once I got it going, I could... I could keep keep it going, but once I stopped, the energy that it took for me to get it going again was so hard, and that was the purpose, and that is and always will be the purpose of this show, is that I want you to be able to keep going even though it's heavy, even though it can be difficult, and so I think when before you even start in doing, if you want to do a podcast or if you're going to do radio or something like that, have a purpose, because I think purpose is important. And then, you know, don't be afraid to make an error or two. I, I think one of the things that I've learned for me personally as I'm doing this and exploring this with James is that I, I'm going to make mistakes along the way. And it uh, you have to be able to be willing to um, make those mistakes. And so I hope that today's show, we're going to get Ray here on in a minute, and I hope I hope you will be encouraged and I hope you will learn and that you can find a new uh, direction in this. So we're going to go ahead and um, we're going we're gonna to call up Ray Carr and talk to him about his experience. And uh, I'm really excited to him. I, the truth is I did his show for a long time. I've done his show. I, he invites me on to do his show out of Cleveland and he does interviews and we talk about different things and typically we've talked about social media but we've talked about everything from sports to social media and and it's it's been a fun and it's been a fun it's been fun watching him and talking with him and he's just really a cool dude who's in this industry and he's very candid and honest so let's give Ray a call right now so here we go let's let's give him a ring Ray Carr all right, let's call.
Okay. Hello. Hello. Ray, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. I can hear you. Uh, okay. Sorry about that. Ray, thank you for being on A New Direction uh, today. I, Ray, I just did an intro of about 10 minutes here before we started the show, and I was telling people that, you know, there's so many people today who want to do podcasting and so many people who want to be in radio, and they feel like it's exciting and glamorous and that it's, you know, this amazing thing. And and so before, before I let you go, I want the audience to be introduced to you because I think it's really important that they understand who you are. And uh, I, so, ladies and gentlemen, please let me introduce you to Ray Carr. And he, he, has, he is on WCSB FM 89.3 in Cleveland, Ohio. He has his own show. It's called The Ray Carr Show. You can listen to him Tuesday mornings from 7 to 9 a.m. That's Eastern Standard Time. And he is, in my opinion, he's one of the nicest people, radio people in the world. I, I love James Lowe, Jiggy Jaguar, who has you know, graciously given me this piece of his show to be able to do this and do, do, do what I'm doing now. But Ray has been one of those people, if I were to say, who are the nice guys or nice girls or the nice people in this industry? Ray Carr is one of the nice people in this industry because some people I've done so much radio where I have been, you know, you've got 15 minutes, you're on and we're, you're getting off. By the way, we're not going to thank you. We just cut you off and you're gone. Ray is one of those people who he makes sure he says hello to you when you come on the show and he makes sure he thanks you and says goodbye to you at the end of the show. And I think that's what makes him such an amazing and wonderful person because he's genuine. And I love that about him. He's been called the Larry King of Cleveland media. And I, I don't see him as gruff as Larry King, but he does ask amazing questions. He loves music. He loves sports. Uh, he is, he, he's interviewed so many amazing people, uh, Wayne Newton, Mr. Las Vegas. Uh, he's done rich little. He has, um, Peter known of Herman's Herbert's Neil Sadaka is a regular with him. Uh, Jimmy Webb, uh, he's, he's interviewed so many amazing and great people and, uh, is, is is just one of the the best people I could talk to, and so we're going to talk with him, and he's on right now. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Ray Carter. Sean Ray, welcome to the show. Jay, thank you so much. It's an honor to, to be on your program, and uh, you are truly one of the best in the business. Uh, you know, radio, as you mentioned, uh, is a passion of mine. Yeah. Really, what radio is all about to me is getting the information, and it's not all about just me. It's about the guests. I want to make sure the guest get the information and benefit. So, Ray, let me let me ask you about your journey in all of this. I mean, where does the journey start and the interest in radio? Where does that all start? It all started back when I was about six years old. I lived in Cleveland. I had lived in Cleveland my entire life. I listened to a gentleman in Cleveland named Pete Frank. He had a sports talk show at W three uh, WE, big station, and I would listen to him do sports from seven p.m. 
gosh, this guy's really good. He's rough. He's a little nasty, but but the way he was able to handle it, I thought, boy, you know, I like as I grew older, Larry came in. You know, I, I took some of the things that Larry did with his guests. He really got into it. He was trying to ask questions of the general curious. It wasn't just asking about questions about the piece of paper. He really wanted to get into this which then so I, all this together wanted to, I wanted to do this combined with the music kind of really so you're I know I know that you have a love for music you have a love for sports and that has been a big part of it and 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 I know that you've been influenced by him as well but when it came right down to it, when it came down to saying, okay, I am going to pull the trigger on this career, what was it, help us understand that process of when you said, okay, I'm going to do this career. I mean, how did you go about, Okay. I mean, did you go to school? Did you, how did that, how did that, excellent question. I was in high school and I graduated high school in 1981. In 1980, I was a junior in a, Radio station Ray, I feel like we lost you here for a second. Oh no. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I think we got you now. Okay. No, I was at Lake I was at Lakewood High School and I was a junior in nineteen eighty and I really wanted to uh, I tinkered with radio at the school station. That's when I really now knew that I was going to do this. I became a mobile DJ. I still am, but I've been right. since 1981. And during that process, I, I knew that this is something that as long as I get behind a microphone and speak, I'm going to be okay. Right. And I never went to school. I did go to college, but I didn't go to college broadcast. I went to college to learn other things. Right. Hey, I, I did learn some communications techniques, but really, everything, I'm extemporaneous. Everything just Okay, right. We're having a little bit of problems here with your feed. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's going on, but we're all of a sudden you've dropped here on us at the end. And um, so let me do this, Ray. I'm gonna I'm gonna hang up with you. I'm gonna call you right back okay. and uh, see if we can just get a better feed for you because um, it's it just seems that we're kind of losing you here. Okay. So let, let me do that real quick. Okay. Call you right back. Okay, Ray. Hi. Thank you. Hello. Yeah, there you are, Ray. That's so much better. Thank you. Okay. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So, so yeah, no, that's so much clearer. You know, sometimes that just happens. It's just that's the way it goes. This is this right. This is radio. So nothing, nothing, and technology, and nothing ever always works the way it's supposed to, right? No, no. That's why you know, being in radio, you learn to overcome hurdles, and you're you're constantly throwing challenges each and every time you get on the air. <laughs> work. Somebody doesn't call right. You have all kinds of issues that you have to overcome. And in the process, you can't let your audience know that there's anything wrong. You just got to keep going. Right. So, Ray, I, I know that you don't have a broadcast. You don't have a broadcasting degree. You studied other things in college, as you've said here. 
And so then you get into so you get into it and you just you you kind of starting to move your way around. Now this is starts all starts back in 1981. All right, so here we are as we're moving through the process, right? Yes. Talk, talk about some of the hurdles along the way before we get to Ray Carr now. Why don't you talk about some of those hurdles and what were some of the challenges like that? Maybe you said. Man, I don't know if this is worth it. I'm just I'm, I'm about ready to throw in the towel, but you didn't. But maybe talk about some of those challenges along the way that have occurred. Good question. I when I first started doing this, I had never been up in front of an audience any time. I was even shy to get up in class. So when I started to DJ at, at bars and clubs and things like that, I had to get on the mic a lot and I had to talk and learn how to talk an audience and be able to hug, how to project my voice and how to uh, speak with confidence. And I was nervous. Believe me, I was scared to death. And I didn't want to do it at first, but I did it. Slowly but surely, I started to gain more confidence. I learned from my mistakes. This is the criticism. I like it. took it better each and every time. However, there were times at parties like that Because things don't go your way. Ray, I'm losing you again. James, James, are you on the other line by chance? Yes. Are, did you lose Ray? Jiggy Jaguar, who's on the other end of the, all this? Um, talking with us, and um, so let's see here. If we can add people to the call, how are we going to do that? Uh, let's see here. You might have to hang up with me, call him, and then patch me back in. Yeah, let's see. Can I do that though? Is that possible, James? Well, yeah, you could hang up and then call him. Yeah, but do I call him? Let's go back to your challenges. I want to go back to your challenges and some of the hurdles that you had to overcome. So talk about those. Some of the biggest hurdles that in the broadcast or live mobile disc jockey industry is making your audience happy and how to deal with different personalities, especially ones that when you're in a certain musical set, these certain people want you to play different music. How to handle those different situations tactfully without causing too much of a problem. And sometimes it takes years to learn those kind of communicative techniques. Mm-hmm. People can be very belligerent, especially when you're drinking, and you have to learn how to uh, kind of um, neutralize the situation really, really so you can keep the night going. Because really, you don't want to look like the guy that, that starts a ruckus. You want to be the guy that is able to make everything smooth and clean and everybody have a good time. So those are things that People don't talk about, especially at weddings. We have different, a lot of different people coming at you, and that is something that you cannot learn about. That's something you just have to do. Now, how about in the radio world? I mean, what has been your challenge? You know, what has been some of the biggest challenges for you in the radio industry as you as you have gone through your career doing radio? 
the biggest challenge is learning how to properly interview high-profile high celebrities. The preparation involved, and then how to deal with callers that call in that can be, you know, a little difficult. So you, you learn in radio how to handle all that stuff, and you know you could practice it at home, but nothing takes the place of actually doing it live on the air. And that's the only way you're ever going to get better is by is by trial and error. And once I did a couple of high-profile celebrities, I wasn't nervous anymore. I just knew that I could handle anything. And it's five confidence, but you have to stay with it. And the most important thing folks is be prepared always be prepared yeah i i I think that's so true you know in in my in the past when james uh lowe who is with us here also on the other when james has had me when had me first coming came in to do interviews and i was interviewing i mean some of these high profile people and i had never done it and it panicked me so much that he would i mean i literally would study like days. I mean, I would study these people for days because I was like, I was panicked that here we are going to be on radio and I'm going to be interviewing somebody or going to be part of an interview. And I know nothing about this person. Right. I mean, this could be somebody who worked for the CIA for 12 years. I don't know anything about it. And then, you know, you work for the CIA. So what really do you know? And so <laughs> here you are, you're interviewing these people. And then, you know, lo and behold, one day, uh, James gives me the opportunity to interview Melissa Francis, who was Cassandra Ingalls on Little House in the Prairie and is currently the Fox anchor for Fox Business News. And so I, I remember, I, I mean, I read excerpts of her new book and I was reading stuff that I could, everything I could about her and the whole thing. I mean, I was scared, Ray, to interview these people because I'm. I understand what you're saying. And. And really, because you don't want to come off like a novice. You want to come off like a polished professional. But, you know, you can read a lot, which is great. You did the right thing. But really what it comes down to is when you're speaking with somebody, you need to listen to how they answer your question. Just then lead you in a different direction if you need be. And, and when you learn how to listen, you become a good interviewer. That's the most important so Ray, let's talk about let's talk let's dig a little bit into this radio industry. One of the things that James uh, Lowe, Jiggy Jaguar, has constantly told me is the difficulty in terrestrial radio, just how hard it is to you know, not just break into terrestrial radio, but how hard it is to uh, you know whoever the the station manager is to work with them because they're constantly tweaking the formats or whatever. I mean, talk about the radio industry in general about that type of thing, because I think, I think people, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of radio personalities out there without a job. Okay. Let's just be honest here. And then there's a lot of people who, who believe that they should go into the radio industry, but they don't understand how hard it is to get into to a terrestrial radio industry. So can you talk about that from your perspective? Sure, sure. I, I think the traditional radio industry is not in good shape. I, I think that uh, there are a lot of program directors that, that, try, that try to tweak and change things that, that aren't really broken. I think the only way to really make it is satellite. That gives you a much broader audience for podcasting than you're doing. My kind of show is a very unique niche program. Really doesn't feel younger. 
but I'm doing what I want. That's my passion. I think traditional radio is on. Mm. Unfortunately, it's very hard to get to. Very hard to make more money. So you have to do it because you really love it. Yeah, you, 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 yeah, you know, I hear you. I hear you say that you know you're doing it because you love it because there's not much money in it. And I was having this conversation with James, and you know, I I was reading somewhere Ray that I mean, people are doing radio for basically a little over minimum wage per hour. Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. true? Is that really is that really it's true? true? Yes, it is. It's very true. And people love, love to be on radio, and they like to be in the, the business because, hey, I mean, really, what else can you get kind of like that? Thousands and thousands of people, and and it's something that's in, it's in my soul. I would never suggest radio for anyone. <laughs> do this unless unless you really have to do it, and, and that means you're you're being called by a higher power. If you're not having that kind of calling, I would not get into. Yeah, I wonder that about this as a career choice. You know, I mean, look, I am the first one to admit I have a face for radio, so it kind of, you know, it's not something. But it's not something I, I, I can't see making a living at it. I mean, I make a living speaking and writing and coaching. That's where I make a living because there's, I don't see how I can make a living doing this. I mean, I just love doing it because I love, you know, I, first of all, I love James to death. I'm, i the truth is, Ray, you, you don't even know this. So I've been doing James Lowe, Jiggy Jaguar show for like two years, right? I've been doing his show uh, regularly every week and I've been doing his show and I, I've never met the man face to face. We have talked by phone. I don't know how, you know, hundreds of times and uh, we've talked by social media. I, I love him to death. You and I have never met face to face. I do your show. You know, you know, you have you'll have me come on and you'll say, hey, what do you what's your Saturday like? And I'll go, yeah, I got room. And, you know, hey, can we do something off the cuff and we'll do uh, we'll do, you know, 30 minutes or, you know, or whatever or an hour of, of just you and I just doing what James and I just sometimes call rambling. <laughs> but, it's, but it works for whatever reason. And I, 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 I think about this whole thing as I'm involved with it and I'm going I don't think I have that passion that the two of you have, but I love it. I mean, I love doing it. I just don't know that I have this passion to go, this is how I want to make a living at it. And I think that's what people, I think people have got to distinguish the two. You know, you could be reasonably good at something, but that doesn't mean this is the way you should make your income stream. And you have just confirmed for me, unless it's a higher calling, there's really no money in it, and, and, and or you're going to be really passionate about it, right? Absolutely. I make uh, I have other revenue streams uh, within the broadcasting industry, but uh, as for radio, um, it just gives me a more a higher profile when I go out and do personal appearances and uh, trivia gigs and whatever else I do. Um, but it's my podium, which people can identify. So I use it for that reason. I don't use it for the main source of revenue. But I love it so much that I hope the day I die, I can still continue doing it. Be able to interview people like yourself or be interviewed. Like Just talk to all the interesting people I do. I benefit because I learn stuff that I didn't already know, which is, which is wonderful. Yeah, I, I think that's, the, you know, to me, this is the cool thing about doing this is that the cool thing about being able to do something like this and 
you know, doing these shows all over the country and being able to do something like I'm doing right now. I think the cool thing is I learned so much. It's the learning, it's the learning piece that is such an amazing, uh, it's just an amazing thing. I, I tell, I tell James, um, I, I've told James over and I tell you too, when I'm on your show, how grateful I am to be on your guy's show and, and how to do that. But the, the thing that I ne- probably have never said to either one of you, and I know James is listening on the other line, I, is that I've never said, you know, just how grateful I am for the learning experience. Because I learn, you know, even if you're interviewing me, Ray, you know, I learn from you your your technique or your questions, just like I learn from James. You know, James has probably taught me so much in terms of this industry about how to, you know, remain calm under all sorts of pressure that there's going to be technological glitches. There's going to be stuff that's going to be happen. There are questions that you constantly use because they're important questions and you want to get at the heart of the matter. There is, there's a, sometimes I, I don't know if you're this way, James, I, I think, I, I think James and I are good enough friends. I think I could say this on the air, but sometimes James can be a little cynical about the industry. <laughs> do you ever get that way, Ray? Because I don't know. Do you have a cynical bone in your body? Sometimes he gets a little cynical about the industry. You know, it's there. It's the reality of the industry. I just try not to let it come out. I try to uh, not let that side come out unless I talk to somebody private. Right. Only because it, it, sometimes it's not going to do any good to say it. Right. I just, I just try to be as positive as I can because when I am, it's just easier to do my job. Right, right. Right. Now, how long have you been on in Cleveland now? How long have you done the Ray Carr Show in Cleveland? Um, almost uh, nine and a half years. Nine and a half years. And do you, how do you go about when you're, you know, when you're negotiating with these folks, uh, when, you're, when you're negotiating, I, I'm, I'm assuming that do they give you a year-to-year contract, or how does that work? Um, basically, it's year-to-year. and. Okay. Uh, as long as you fulfill the requirements uh, the station has for you to do, like you have to do so many PSAs, you have to do some, some community service, you have to do work for the station. So as long as you do all that and you, you don't violate any FCC regulations, you're fine. You're fine. And, and I don't go anywhere near the edge like some people do. So right. My show is clean. It's, uh, you know, they have high-profile guests. Many of the other people at WCSP don't. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, they, they're all different. But I, I just, uh, you know, I, I, I know exactly what I can and can't. Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point, right? You need to know, what is it that Clint Eastwood, what was the line Clint Eastwood used? Know your limitations. Yeah, man's got to know, you got to know your limitations, right? I mean, I think that's true. I think that's true. I think that's true of this because now, you know, James Lowe, who I keep talking about on the show, who's going to join us here in a, in a few minutes. But when, 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 I mean, James can push the limits. Like, he is, not afra- he is not afraid to, like, push the edge of radio. Do you know, do you know what I'm saying? Totally. And, and, I'm, and sometimes, I mean, sometimes it scares me to death because, I mean, James will bring, bring somebody on that's going to be a I feel like it's going to be a complete disaster. And he is able to, he is able to, just work that whole thing, and it's really cool because he's a, that's just he he can do it. It's not, I'm not comfortable there, 
but he is totally comfortable out there. I mean, he's so comfortable being able to th- push the edge of that. And I'm like, and it's kind of an admirable trait, right? Because I, I that's just not who I am. I'm not that guy. And, and it, but, but I think that's the point is you need to know what you, you are willing to, what edge you're willing to push and what edge you're willing not to, right? Everybody's got a different personality. Some people are excellent at doing that. Some people have edgy guests that you never know where it's going to quite go, and you have to have somebody behind the microphone that knows exactly how far to take it. And if they don't know how far to take it, you're going to get into yourself into some big trouble. But um, certain people do that excellent. I mean, they're very good at it. In fact, Howard Stern might be the best at it, really. I'm not, a Howard, I'm not saying I like or dislike Howard Stern, but I'm saying he does. he's a, an example of somebody who does that. Well, I think, right, for, you know, the younger people who might be listening to this because, you know, this is going to eventually go up to iTunes and stuff like that, and I have a, I have a younger demographic who will listen to this a little bit. I think one of the things, uh, Howard Stern, you know, they know him as being on American Idol or whatever it is that he does now. Occasionally, he still does his radio show, but he was what they call the shock jock. At yes. The, and, uh, and he always pushed the limits. Uh, you, you could always find old shows, and by the way, there's some of this. Some of the material was adult, very adult. Very, yes. And and but it, he had he created a niche for himself, and that was his audience because that's where he was comfortable and could get away with it. Uh, versus myself, which would I would not be comfortable doing that. It would it, it would and and it would show. Right, because I mean, I think the other thing is right in all of this, and you, I think you do this so well, is you, you know that staying in where, staying in that slot where you are at in terms of your guests and who they are and what they are, you know that you're not faking it, that it's going to be genuine, and I, I think that's part of this as well, is that you have to come off genuine. In whatever in this industry, because people can hear when you're uncomfortable, right? Oh, completely and absolutely. And that's a that's a good point that you make. Um, the fact that you got to stay comfortable now, early on. I've interviewed some people that I did not realize that if I was going to continue in this business, I have to figure out um, and screen the people I have to show it. Make sure that there isn't somebody or something or whatever that, that's going to make it very difficult for me to do what I want to do. There are certain guests that there's no, there's a, it's a no-win situation. Right. right. So why do it? So for me, you know, I want to make sure that I have somebody on there that's interested. Right. Everybody runs their show differently. I'm just saying from my gut, I can listen to somebody's voice like you. I, I know really how far to go, what to ask. And I don't even have any notes. In it. I just feel it. So that, that's how I work. We're talking to Ray Carr here on A New Direction. Um, Ray Carr is the host of The Ray Carr Show on WCSB-FM 89.3, Tuesday mornings from 7 to 9 Eastern Standard Time. And he is one of the nicest guys on radio, period. He is a fabulous interviewer. I've been interviewed by Ray several times and have enjoyed whether we've been interviewed at night, day, morning, whatever it might be, we've, we've done interviews at different times of days, and it's always been fun. He is he 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 is a music. He's a DJ. He 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 does amazing interviews, as I said. But he's a great sports fan. And he's a big Cleveland fan. 
And I know he's a little disappointed in how this whole thing went down with the Cavaliers. Uh, I won't get into that with him. But he he has been doing radio since 1981. And today's show has been devoted to talking about those people who want a podcast or they want to get into the radio industry and absolutely radio industry. And so I'm going to bring on, if he's still listening, James Lowe, Jiggy Jaguar, if he'll come on with Ray and I. Hey, what's uh, going on? Let's go. Out. Ray, Ray, James, James, Ray, say hello. hello. Hi, James. Hello, sir. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so, James, I know you've been listening in the background for the last 30 minutes, uh, listening to Ray and listening to his journey in terms of getting into the radio industry and doing his show on in Cleveland. How does that compare to your journey in terms of getting into radio? Well, uh, it, it's, it's sort of the same. Uh, I've never done any... Uh, nightclub dj mc stuff uh i i don't think i would be very good at that but uh <laughs> but uh yeah it's it, it it it's pretty much the same thing it's it it's radio and you don't you don't get into the radio business to make a lot of money you just get into the radio business because everybody who's in radio loves radio for some reason I think that's true, but you know, James, before you sell yourself too short here, you do. You look, you have emceed wrestling events, you've emceed fighting events. Uh, you know, we interviewed bronze medalist Nico Hernandez, and I know yes. that, you, that you did some emceeing. You've also emceed, dude. You also emceed some events for like some rappers and stuff like that. So that's not completely. Well, yeah, I've 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 done that, but I mean, I just I just have never thought I was real good at that part of it. So I don't know. I've watched your videos; they're pretty darn good. I can cut yeah. promos and talk smack. That's pretty much what I do. <laughs> <laughs> but, Let me end with James was saying. I mean, what James is saying when you do a live audience, when you speak in front of a live audience, it takes a lot of mental energy to do that, and sometimes. You know, audiences could be a little boxed. And to do that well, you've got to be on your eight. I'm sure James does a great job. And if you're doing radio, you, you pretty much know how to handle it. Right. J- James, and James, your thoughts when it comes to this the, the terrestrial radio industry. Ray said that, you know, he felt that this industry was kind of moving its way out how, how do you see it well i think you're always going to have your your local news and local sports and you know news and information which is always my favorite and your uh and your and and the other buzz buzzword is heritage news stations and heritage this and heritage that and hyper local and you're always going to have all that but uh the the days of people getting Big contracts; uh, those days are done. Um, Cumulus, you know, fairly recently went into bankruptcy, and then told Don Imus, "Hey, we just don't have any money for you, so you're going to have to retire." And then, of course, they emerged from bankruptcy. So, does that mean he gets to come back? That, that's always been my question. But uh, it, it, it's things like that. Uh, Ray, yes, I, I think uh, James is 100 percent on. I think that always be a need sports news information all that stuff that'll be there for them. but i mean people like us hopefully we're, we're survivors and we can make it and 
who knows what's really down the road. We can only expect as long as we do our jobs the best we can and we best versions of ourselves, I mean, that's that's all we got. That's what we got to keep doing. Right. So, okay, I know that both of you, you know, James, both of you and Ray, interview celebrities and you interview dignitaries and other people. And one of the thing, questions I've always had, you know, I've never asked you this, James, I've never asked you this, Ray, is do you think people really, is that still an interesting subject, is that still interesting subject matter or... Are, are, are people wanting something different to consume? Or is it, I mean, is that still good? Is that still still good listening? You know, I, I guess. I mean, because I'm, I'm here, I am interviewing you. I'm believing, I'm trusting that I have, I have listeners who are going to be listening to this that are going to go, yeah, you know, I've always wondered what this industry is like. I'm always kind of curious about how I might do that. Is that still something that people are interested in is the interview? I don't yeah. Um, right. Go ahead, Ray. If I've interviewed, uh, for instance, Jane Seymour, she's yeah. an older actress that was one of the early, she was a James Bond girl looking like that. I think my audience loves that kind of stuff. Okay. Alison Armagan, she was a little house in a hurry. I mean, people like that, Don Wells from Gilligan's Island, those kind of interviews for me, my audience loves that stuff because they grew up with So as long as I can keep it on that level, where people that have written books that I feel that's hitting my demographic, yeah, I think it'll be fine, but I have to be real careful. With that. Now, James, I think probably has a much broader audience, and I think that he's really good at what he does. So I think it, uh, I think he can have a little easier time because he can talk to more people. I, I'm kind of limited because the people I'm talking to are old. They're not very. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Jay, I I completely agree with with it, with everything he said. If you. Uh, if you have somebody that people are interested in hearing from, uh, they will definitely be interested in hearing from those people. <laughs> yeah. But sometimes that guest isn't as engaging as you may like. Because I've interviewed June Foray, who's a voice of Rocky in Bullwinkle. He's yep. 99 years old when I talk. And I, 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 just, I dawned on me, my God, this poor lady's almost 100. And, uh, <laughs> and she was almost not lucid, but she was there, but not there. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you're kind of like pulling words out of her mouth just to get through the uh, 15 minutes. But, you know, you got to realize sometimes um, you get a certain age. Where it's- yeah, yeah I, get I get it. I get it. James, let, James, let me ask you, let me, let me ask you, go to you, and then I'm going to flip this over to Ray. Where, where do you think... I've read. I've read recently that podcasting right now in the United States that twenty three percent. This is up. By the way, this is up like almost ten percent from the year prior. That about twenty three percent of Americans consume podcasting right now, and it's and evidently based on statistics of projections, they're expecting it to go higher and higher and higher. How do you think? that the podcasting is affecting the terrestrial radio industry? Uh, well, I would say that it, it it's making the uh, terrestrial radio industry take notice, but uh, as, as long as they can play their cars for kids jingles and uh they can they can get uh endless amounts of money from local advertisers and some regional advertisers, I don't think they really will be bothered by it. Okay. 
Ray, Ray Carr, what do you think about how what podcasting is doing, and how do you think, what do you see the effect on radio? James is absolutely right about that. Um, I think that people tuning in podcasts to hear certain people speak. They got a certain host and a certain type of interview. They're always going to tune in. It's like watching a TV show. You have certain shows that you're familiar with that you enjoy, forward to. The host is a certain way, and I think people that like that host will generally always listen to that podcast. And he's right about uh, terrestrial radio. It's going to always be that. uh, I think that uh, podcasts will just grow. Okay, so okay, now I want to ask, Ray, I'm going to start with you this time, and then I'm going to go, James, I'm going to go over to you. So way back in the day when I was young, I don't want to tell you how old it is, but the first, what year it was, but it, it there was a seven in the number. Uh, and the third, it was, that was when I was really listening to radio. And at that time, we had, I know ladies and gentlemen who are listening to the show, this is, some of you are going to go, what? We only had AM transistor radios. That, uh, that's the absolute, I'm telling you the truth. Yeah. There was no such thing as an FM transistor radio. It was an AM transistor radio. That was the only station that we could, we could get were AM radio stations. And I used to listen to, I think it was 660 WOW out of Omaha, Nebraska, to get my pop music uh, out of the day. AM radio has kind of slowly, I don't know if it's dying, I, I don't know, but it, it's not, I, I think it has a particular listening audience, but, but FM radio has certainly become more dominant because sometimes these stations are simultaneously uh, on either an AM station plus an FM station, because usually stations have an FM sister station or something like that, or vice versa. Is AM radio going to go away, Ray? Start with you first. I I don't think so. I, I think AM radio is, is very popular in Cleveland. And I listen to radio, uh, AM radio, just like you did. I listen to all games all the time. You know, FM has been around, believe it or not, since 1930. It, yeah. it, it didn't gain popularity to the late 60s. Right. But I don't think AM radio will go away. We have a lot of stuff on AM in, in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, the Indians are on there, the Cavaliers. So I think it will always be. I just think FM is more music. Sometimes, but I think it'll be okay. All right, good. Uh, James, what do you think? AM radio? Oh, I think AM radio will always be around, and, and until somebody figures out a way to sell the AM signals to the cell phone company so they can use it for broadband, I think it'll always be around. Oh, oh, James, James, you came with it big time. Whoa, 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 whoa! You got to help me here. Sell the AM. Signal. Well, for instance, um, when iHeartMedia or iHeartDebt, whichever um, you want to refer to them as, uh, <laughs> when they needed when they needed a quick influx of cash last year or the year before, they sold all of their radio towers to a company, which then turned around and then leased them back to them. I don't really know what that was all about, but. Uh, some sometimes uh, radio stations will just sell their 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 towers uh, to cell phone companies for broadband and just completely get out of the radio business. Wow, I, I was not aware of that. I, that's that, this is, ladies and gentlemen, this is news to me. I'm sorry, I was a moment of silence because I had no idea 
that that they would do. So basically, James, what you're saying is, um, they so literally they could be selling these radio airbands to to phone companies. I mean, yeah. literally, we could. I mean, and and they would use them as a they would use them for their phones. Is, is would, that what would, we're saying? They would use the cell. They'd they'd use the the towers and they would stick the uh, they'd stick a cell thing up there, whatever it's whatever it's called, and they would uh, they would just do away with radio. And they would just use the uh, the towers for for broadband. Okay, yeah. so, okay, I got you. So they're not getting rid of the station. Per no, se. They're, no, they're just using the towers. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. I got you. I got you now. Okay, you had me. You had me worried there. I'm like going, oh whoa, are they going to somehow you find a way to use an AM signal to start transmitting cell phone <laughs> signals? I'm like, dude, that's genius. That's the best thing that could ever happen to AM radio is if they figured that out. I had I had no idea that. Okay, yes. Okay, I got it. They're actually doing that here. They've actually done that here in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, where I'm speaking from. They've actually taken some of the AM cell tower, the AM towers, and they've sold them to Verizon, and they've become a Verizon tower, basically, for cell phone. They slap their stuff on there. So I have I have seen that. I thought you were talking about something completely different, and so I wasn't ready for that. All right. So I, as we're going along here, by the way, we're talking to Ray Carr. Uh, he is got the Ray Carr Show in Cleveland, Ohio, on WCSB FM eighty nine point three, and we are talking to James Lowe, aka Jiggy Jaguar, who is on iHeartRadio, uh, AMFM twenty four seven, Transamerica dot com, TuneIn, and fifty terrestrial stations across the country, and he uh, has got his own app called the Jiggy Jaguar app. And as I say to everybody when it comes to the Jiggy Jaguar app, friends do not let friends not download the Jiggy Jaguar app. You're supposed to download that. And you can get uh, copies of this show, his show, all sorts of shows and the great interviews. And, of course, with Ray Carr, you can find him. If you go to uh, – you can find Ray Carr on Facebook. You can find him on the Ray Carr Show. Well, you can also go to RayCarrAM.com. Yeah, RayCarrAM.com. Thank you for correcting me on that. And RayCarAM.com, he's got the Raycar uh, Facebook page. He is worldwide and easy to find. And uh, we have been talking with both James and Ray about this radio industry. And let me ask you both, fellas, as we kind of finish up here, let me ask you this. If you had one, if you could give, you, you would say, I'm going to give you one piece of advice for you folks who are aspiring to do either radio or podcasting, one piece of advice, just one, to help somebody do that and get started, one piece of advice to help them get started, uh, what would be the first thing that you would tell them? I'll start with Ray. You, you want to start with me? Okay. I, If I was going to start a podcast and I was telling somebody very young, I, I would say learn much about the radio industry to start. Mm-hmm. Learn how to speak. Mm. Talk, everything else will come. Because you don't know how to communicate, uh, which, believe it or not, there's a lot of people that don't know how to communicate, believe me. If you can't do that, you can't have a podcast. Right. Good, good. James, what's your piece of advice? Uh, right along the same lines, I would listen to similar uh, radio hosts and uh, that, that you enjoy listening to and kind of try to... I wouldn't say rip off their style, but sort of, you know, listen to them. 
part of the reason why I got into radio is because I listened to a lot of local radio people and thought, I can do this a heck of a lot better. <laughs> so That's cool. Jay, can uh, I ask James a question? Sure. James, I wanted to ask you, um, your travels and all the interviews that you've done, yes. which one is the most challenging and why? Uh, I would say when we interviewed Eddie Money in uh, Junction City at uh, Sundown Salute uh, several years ago because uh, I had to go through uh, all sorts of different people to finally get the Eddie Money interview. And then the night before, I got a, uh unknown caller uh, who called me and, and asked me who I was and told me I needed to be at the curb the next day with all my equipment and a black bus would pull up and a guy would get off of it and then we would have to get on. And so I didn't know if we were going to go get mugged or if I was going to go meet Eddie Money the next day. I wasn't real sure. How <laughs> <laughs> was Eddie Money? Oh, he was fine. He was he was just, you know, Eddie Money. His, all of his people were all, you know, stressed and pumped up, but he he was fine. He was He was just... What 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 you see on the on the music videos and on TV? He was just daddy money. Interesting, yeah, interesting. Guys, it has been great. I want to thank you, Ray Carr. Thank you so much for gracing us with your presence and just a really great guy. Please, ladies and gentlemen, I'm asking you check out raycarrem dot com. Check out Ray Carr on Facebook, and just if you and, and listen. Check out what he's doing, by the way. Check, because he's got some really cool stuff. Check, just go check out WCSBFM and look up the Ray Carr Show and listen to the archives. He has some amazing guests, as I've said, amazing guests. Even a 99-year-old uh, foray uh, who, who did with the Brocky Bullwinkle Show for uh, all those years with William Conrad, known as Cannon. Right, right. Exactly. He was the narrator for that. He's the narrator. Yeah. And, uh, so check out check out Ray's. I, I really do encourage you to do that. He's really just one of the coolest people around. And also got to thank James Low Jiggy Jaguar, which I will I try to do every time I do this show is to thank him because if it wasn't for him, I would not have this opportunity. And I am always so grateful that James has had so much faith in me that he's been willing to let me have this opportunity. And so without him, I do not have this. And so I'm always going to say thank you, James Low Jiggy Jaguar, because you are the king of letting me do this. And I'm always grateful. So download the Jiggy Jaguar app. Go to thejagshow.com. And with that, folks, I hope you find your new direction. And I hope you have a great rest of your week. Thank you.